Hi, it's Laurence Bradford. Welcome to season two of the Learn to Code with Me podcast, where I'm chatting with people who taught themselves how to code and are now doing amazing things with their newly found skills. Flatiron School offers an online web developer program with a focus on community, actual development tools, and a curriculum that will teach you the skills you need to land a career as a developer. Get $500 off your first month by visiting flatironbootcampprep.com. Hey listeners, welcome to the Learn to Co with Me podcast. I am your host, Laurence Bradford. In today's episode, I talk with Eugene Wu. Eugene is the co-founder and CEO of Vengage, an infographic tool. In our interview, Eugene shares how he first got into the world of data visualization and how he later became a full-fledged entrepreneur. Eugene shares valuable business lessons he learned along the way. And towards the end of our interview, he also gives job interview pro tips for those looking to work at a startup. Make sure you stick around for that. If you want to start your own business or work at a startup, this interview is for you. Remember, you can get show notes for this episode plus a full transcript at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Eugene. Thanks so much for talking with me today. Hey, Lawrence. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Yeah, really excited to dig in here. But before we get started, could you just introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. So my name is Eugene Wu, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Vengage, an infographics tool. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you on because I think you're one of the first people who um, I've had on the show that specializes in data and data visualization. And for the listeners who don't know, that it is a huge, like, hot area right now, anything with data. Yeah, so I'm happy I'm happy to, 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 to share what I've done and what I've learned. Uh, uh, as I've mentioned before, I actually didn't know a lot about data visualization or infographics when I started out. Um, so, yep, excited to share my story. Yes, great, great. So let's like backtrack a bit here. What were you doing before you started Vengage? So before I started Vengage, I was a uh, software developer. So I was a programmer. Um, I do have an engineering background. Uh, and then I decided to, uh, to sort of branch out as an independent consultant uh, initially. And part of that was trying to market myself uh, and try to get jobs and try to get, you know, as a, as a consultant, you know, I had to look for jobs all the time. And... Uh, I was having a pretty hard time doing that, to be honest, uh, until one day I found, you know, I discovered this uh, infographic resume uh, that someone called Chris Burlock had created. Uh, in, and it was this beautiful infographic. I had a timeline in there. It was just so different from like the traditional resume that I was trying to send people to get jobs that I, I is instantly was drawn to it. And decided that I needed to do, you know, I needed to to do and learn uh, more about infographics and data visualization. Uh, long story short, I long story short, I started. I actually started a site uh, about infographic resumes, even though I didn't know a lot about it. Uh, I hired uh, some designers. I learned. I had to essentially kind of learned on the, on the job. Uh, and the site became really popular, uh, and it's, and eventually I had a lot of demand for people who wanted infographics 
uh, that were in resumes, right? They wanted to do, you know, marketing infographics. They wanted to do data visualizations for their reports, uh, for their businesses. And that led me to creating, uh, you know, that led me to, to Vengage. Okay, awesome. So you had this resume, like, infographic tool, essentially. So, so would a person, like, upload a Word document, and then it would take that and turn it into, like, a nicely formatted resume? Uh, it was even easier than that. You would just connect your LinkedIn profile and it would just take the data into from your LinkedIn and then it would visualize it. You know, it would visualize your education in, in, into a timeline and, and your work experience into a visual timeline. It would uh, back then your skills were, were scored. They were, you know, they're not anymore now in LinkedIn. And so it would also visualize your skills uh, and, and a bunch of other things, uh, and you could pick themes, so you could theme it, you could like customize the colors, uh, the font, uh, and, and, uh, and all the site is still up. So it's called, uh, visualize me, uh, spelled with a Z, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you can, you know, you can still check it out. It still works. Oh, wow. Awesome. That's so cool. That's, it's actually so funny you mentioned that because the other day or not too long ago, I was looking for something to take my resume or I'm sorry, to take my LinkedIn profile and turn it into some kind of PDF or something. And I was having so much trouble finding something. This sounds like that could have worked. So it, it's called uh, Visualize Me? Yeah, Visualize Me uh, spelled with a V-I-Z because <laughs> I couldn't buy <laughs> the, the one with, with the correct spelling. Oh, got it. Visual. Okay, cool. So V-I-Z-U. Okay, cool. yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to go back and check that out. So how many years ago was that then when you first started this site? This was five years ago. This is 2011 when I started that. Yeah. Wow, 2011, man. I, no, I'm just, that was before <laughs> I was even, that was before I really began starting to code. So, yeah, that's that, no, that's awesome though. So, okay, so you had the site in 2011. It's still up today, but then you, after you had a lot of success with that and you saw um, a demand for other kinds of infographics, you decided to create uh, Vengage. Correct. So I decided to create Vengage. So visualizing was a free site. Uh, we, we didn't really monetize it. Uh, I, I really didn't know a lot about being an entrepreneur and running, you know, like a, a website that made money. Uh, I knew how to do consulting before. I mean, I had done, as I mentioned, done something. You know, I knew how to sell my services uh, and I knew how to hire people, build team and to build products for other people. Uh, but running, running, you know, like a website and making money out of it was really very foreign to me. I didn't really know a lot. Uh, and, and to be honest, you know, I, you know, even though Visualize Me was, was fairly popular back then, like it was, you know, featured in all the big uh, uh, magazines uh, like, like TechCrunch and all of that. And we had a lot of users, uh, like, uh, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, the first, you know, two months we launched. Uh, but I wasn't able to, uh, to, sorry, I wasn't able to monetize it uh, and very quickly, the team actually kind of collapsed. So I, long story short, I started the company uh, with a bunch of people from a hackathon that I met in a hackathon called Startup Weekend. And so so these weren't people who, you know, they were all great people, but they all had different priorities and, and they left the team very quickly. So, so Vengage was sort of my way of, all right, we now need to like, you know, start a real business uh, and that makes money. Uh, and there were people... There were enough people who had contacted me via Visualize Me, you know, asking for, hey, asking for help, asking me, hey, you know, we want to do some infographics, but not resumes. 
It's for our marketing. M- most of them are for marketing initially. It's for our marketing campaigns. Uh, can you help? Can you help me? So I, I basically say, yeah, of course. Uh, and uh, uh, and this included a really big. So I got lucky in the sense that a very very big <laughs> company, uh, a very big social media company, the biggest one, you, you all of you use it. They actually contacted me. Uh, we did a small project with them for their marketing, uh, and essentially, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I, I basically just said yes, uh, and uh, and and that was, you know, it's sort of like a forcing function because I said yes. Uh, I kind of needed to figure out how we would make this tool that would, you know, that their marketers could then customize to make simple infographics and put in some data uh, and then customize it for their marketing campaigns. Uh, so we, so 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 it started out like that. It started out actually as uh, as again like a custom custom contract work, uh, and that eventually you know led to you know eventually that I just kind of commercialized for everyone else. Wow, that's so cool. Um, and how many years ago then was this when when you sort of began Vengage? And that was uh, 2012. So only about a year later, to, uh, Vengage. Uh, you know, very soon after Visualize Me. So about a you know, about less than a year uh, after visualizing, I started Vengage. That's so cool. And you're and you're based in in Canada. Which city? In, in Toronto, Canada. Toronto. Okay. Nice. Nice. Oh, that that's like such a neat story. So you've been do wow. So you've been doing it now for about four years, Vengage. Maybe even almost closer to five. Yeah, about four years. Yes. Four years. Awesome. And I'm sure you just you must have learned so much along the way. Uh, definitely. Because <laughs> you said before, when you first got started, um, you didn't know a lot like about like entrepreneurship and business. Like maybe you knew a lot about consulting, but not like building a product and monetizing it. Um, like I'm just, I, I'm sure there's again, like I'm sure like probably every month or you know every quarter you you have like a big breakthrough or something. But could you maybe just share a few of the bigger ones uh, with the audience? Sure. So I think one of the biggest things that I learned was um, that it's one thing to read something and then it's another thing to sort of internalize and learn it. Um, so, you know, when, when we were starting out, uh, when we were starting Vengage, you know, the lean method, you know, the lean startup methodology was, was you know, was kind of, it just kind of came out then. Um, I think it was like, it just can't, you know, the book had just come out. It was like, the thing that everybody was reading and following. And obviously we, you know, I did it as well. I read the book, uh, you know, I even was part of, a, a, you know, some mastermind, some, a, a local group that was, that's all we talked about. We would meet once a week and sort of discuss different techniques, different, you know, startup lean, lean techniques. In fact, the group was called Lean Coffee TO. It was a, it was a great group of people. And, and even though I thought I knew some of the validation and the concepts that the book and, 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 and that taught me, when I was actually going through the process, uh, so the early days of Vengage was, I would say, very uh, tumultuous. Like we had, you know, that's why it's four years later. Um, the first two years were just terrible, I would say. Um, and, and it was because I didn't recognize, I couldn't really reconcile what I was, what I need, the knowledge I thought I knew with what was really happening in the startup. Uh, and, and a big, you know, one clear example now in hindsight I, I, I learned was that when I first started out, uh, when we, you know, they, you know, part of the basic tenet of being startup is like, you know, you, you validate your, you know, charge people money, validate, see if people pay for it, right? You ask for money up front, and which we, which we did. 
Uh, and part of that was we, we were getting like one sign up a day. Um, and I thought it was really low. I thought, wow, this is terrible. Uh, one like upgrade a day, right? I was like, nobody wants this tool. This is like a, the worst idea ever uh, because we're only getting one a day. Uh, and, 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 and we actually pivoted. So, so part of our four-year journey was that for one and a half years we did, we, we actually pivoted away from infographics, did something else, and then pivoted back. Uh, and, and in hindsight, um, when you look about, when you talk about, you know, software as a service, when you're starting out at first, one customer a day is actually not bad at all. In fact, I think it's because it scales up pretty quickly, right? Uh, uh, and at the end of the year, you, you have 350 customers, which is like great. Uh, but I couldn't, you know, I thought it was terrible because plus the price was so low, it was only $19. So I couldn't really see like, oh my God, we're getting like $20 a day. It would take us forever to make enough money to pay, you know, for, for all of our, to pay, you know, our, our salary and pay a measly salary for all of us, uh, unless we raise money, which we, we weren't doing, which we couldn't and weren't um, doing back then. Um, so that was one of the key learnings that I learned very quickly, like, wow, like it's, uh, that, you know, it's one thing to read the books. It's another thing to, to, and think, you know, something, it's another thing to really go through it and then internalize it, uh, and understand then. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's, that's insane. So wait for how you said you pivoted away from infographics for a bit and then went back. Um, how long like, did that last for when you, when you went away from infographics for a bit? So yeah, so 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 the other lesson here is don't chase trends <laughs> and buzzwords. So what what happened was we were doing infographics. They were mainly for content marketers. Uh, you know, it was a very defined market, and you know, and and then we got lost uh, for a while and decided to chase after big data because back then big data was also another thing that was trending it was like you know everyone was talking about big data everywhere we went when i talked about data visualization they were like oh are you doing big data why don't you do something for big data why don't you do this and so we sort of got seduced by this this trend and started chasing after big data uh big so, so we started chasing after this 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 you know this 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 trend. Oh, then we were like, let's do something for big data. Let's do big data visualization. Let's do you know big data you know analytics and visualization because the market's going to be like I don't know what it is now like gazillion dollars because that's what the you know that's what people were telling us. Our advisors were telling us this. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some of our clients were telling us this. Um, and so so we went after this market. Tried to build like some analytics data visualization tool for for uh for for quote unquote big data and then very not not very i mean very quickly in our time but but it took us like a year and a half to realize wow we've gone down this path that is you know that is really bad because we don't really have a good sense of what the product was like i was not in that you know i i, I barely knew infographics much less big big data right and and so and so after about a year and a half, I made a call and said, let's, you know, let's stop doing this analytics, what we call the social analytics product. And then let's flip back to do what to doing what we were good at doing, uh, which was infographics and just focus back on infographics. It's super interesting. So when, okay, so you had this, 
as you say, social analytics product. Was that more so for uh, like larger companies, like more like enterprise kind of companies? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. So, so if you remember part of it, I was a bit disillusioned by the $19 per customer, one, you know, one per day. And I thought, oh, we could try and get these enterprise customers who will pay us, you know, thousands of dollars a month. <laughs> and we only need, and we only need a few of them as opposed to tens of thousands of smaller customers who would pay us $19 a month. Right. Uh, and so, yes, so we were then, so we completely, like, it was not just a product pivot, like the customer had pivoted, the sales, instead of becoming a, a self-service tool, it was now like a, there was a sales process involved. So now there were sales involved. Uh, you know, there was a, it was completely different, which I obviously at that time didn't realize it. I thought, oh, we'll just charge more money and get different customers and, uh, you know, it'll be much better. We'll, 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 we'll be profitable a lot faster. Uh, and, and that didn't, tr- that turned out not to be true because it took us on the average of six to nine months to close a customer. Uh, and we were only able to close, I think five customers in like a nine month period or something like that. And I, and I kind of looked at the financials and I go like, we're basically <laughs> going to die <laughs> very soon unless we, you know, do something else. Yeah. Oh my God. No, it's, it's just such an interesting story. I'm so fascinated by this. And um, I have to have to admit that it's kind of, uh, some of these questions are a little self-indulgent because I re- somewhat recently began working at a um, SaaS startup. I mean, different from what, um, you know, not an infographic tool or anything like that. However, it's been, I've learned so much just about like how to market SaaS products and yeah, customer acquisition and, you know, monthly recurring revenue and all these things. I'm still learning so much. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all very interesting. So, okay. So that's so, so you six to nine months to close these like bigger, like kind of enterprise, um, level customers for this big data tool. So then you decide to go back to having more of an infographic tool. And then who is your customer, uh, mostly for that? Is it like marketers and bloggers? So initially it was marketers. Yeah. So marketers or any, or, or like a, like, um, a uh, freelancer, uh, a small business owner who who were using it, either a marketer or someone playing a marketer's role, right? Either a small business owner, a blogger who was trying to market their blogs. Uh, but they were, but the goal was essentially to create visuals or infographics for marketing purposes. For marketing purposes, um, that was our initial uh, initial uh, t- our I would say that the target that we sh- the target market that we started out with. Uh, it's still one of our biggest markets now, uh, but but the, and then and then very quickly, I, I would say not that quickly, and you know, like you know, in two years, the infographic market sort of ch- kind of matured, I want to say, and then we found everyone using infographics. Uh, they teach it in schools now, like like we we you know we started getting you know teachers from high schools, then then even elementary school saying, oh, we've got like grade four, you know, we're teaching infographics in grade four and five, which I was shocked. I was like, really? Like, wow. Uh, and, and that's why we have an education plan now, because it's, you know, we had to cater to schools. Uh, uh, and there's also a fairly large amount of uh, what I want to call professionals. So these are man- um, they're mi- middle to, to high, you know, middle managers to executives who do reports. So someone who would have to create, you know, like a sales manager would have to create a a sales report or a sales, you know, a monthly sales report or a presentation, you know, a strategy presentation or something like that. 
and then so they would use our tool to create these visual uh, this, these visual presentations or these infographics to uh, to visualize and to better articulate their ideas and also to turn all of their data into visuals. Got it. So yeah, it definitely sounds like it runs the gamut. And that's so that's so neat that schools are teaching. I knew universities were. Uh, I've written a few articles not too long ago looking and I, I, I looked at um some college majors and college like extracurriculars and I definitely saw stuff with data visualization uh, being offered, which I thought was really awesome as well. But the fact that it's with kids that are in elementary schools, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that definitely surprised me. Yeah, so it's <laughs> I'm so I, I'm sort of laughing because it's like the customers, like from like yeah, like a fifth grader to like a middle, like a, like a manager putting together a report. <laughs> exactly. So so now uh, you know now like we run the full gamut. Like we, it's it's across. You know, we've got everybody from students all the way to like CEOs and executives using the tool. You know, so it's pretty. It's. I would say it's interesting, it's great, but it also makes our job a lot harder. So like segmenting and targeting and creating content uh, to to these segments, you know, it's, it's a lot harder. So we, we only target a few. So what we do now is we actually only target a few, pers- what we call, quote, you know, personas, a few segments, and that's all we do. A lot of the others are sort of, you know, we, 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 have, we, we don't have the bandwidth to, to, to go the whole gamut. Yeah, no, for sure. And out of curiosity, how many people work at Vengage now? So we are close to 20, uh, close to 20 full-time. And are you guys all based in uh, Toronto? Uh, no. So I, so, I mean, most of us are. So about 13 of us are in Toronto. We've got a few in the States and then about... Uh, six, uh, just all over, you know, we've got a couple in Asia and, you know, one or two in, uh, uh, Eastern Europe. Sit tight podcast listeners. We're taking a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Flatiron School's online web developer program, free and certificate courses and free bootcamp prep courses are perfect for anyone interested in a career change and becoming a developer. Flatiron students include those from a range of backgrounds, from financial to creative. What they all have in common is the passion, grit, and determination to learn to love to code. Flatiron's rigorous 800-plus hour curriculum will teach you the skills you need to land a fulfilling career as a developer. Learn to Code With Me listeners can get an awesome $500 off their first month to get started on that career change. Just visit flatironbootcampprep.com. One student, an online career change student, said he'd learned more in a couple of days with Flatiron than a year of computer science classes. If you're interested in learning how to think like a real developer while using the tools actual developers use, check out Flatiron's online web developer program at flatironbootcampprep.com and claim your $500 discount. I curious, like, what's kind of like the breakdown then of the employees? Because you have this very, I don't want to say like a technical product. Well, I guess it is kind of, it, it is technical and it, well, you know, software as a service. So obviously the software is really important. Like how, as far as the team goes, like how many people are engineers? Uh, we have a team of six engineering, six, let me think about this. Yeah, it's six. Uh, so the engineering team is six. Oh, so if you add in, uh, so if you add in like QA and all that, yeah, it's a, it's a little bigger. It's like, it's more like, uh, it's, yeah, it's about, so six engineers, uh, and then we only have one QA, 
uh, uh, we had two full-time designers, uh, three marketers, and then the rest are the rest are either uh, customer success and some supporting roles. Okay, awesome. So as far as like the technical kind of roles go, six engineers, one QA, and then you have two designers. Yeah, so it's about a third. I would say th- a third engineering about almost a third mark, uh, marketing, and then the other third is design and like uh, customer support, customer success, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I would love to hear your opinion, because obviously you're hiring people, you know, you're the, the, the CEO of the company. For people just getting started in tech, do you have any advice uh, if they want to work in a startup, like any advice they could follow for getting a job at a startup? Okay, so this this one I, I, I think I'm definitely qualified to answer because uh, we, we do hire a lot of people and we, we put a lot of thought into what kind of people we should hire. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Nadia, my, the, my director of marketing, recently wrote an article on like questions, how to hire a hustler or something like that or questions to you know, determine like a, a someone who would be a pro, you know, who would be a, a quote unquote hustler or a player for, for startups. And so we, we recently talked about this. So, so I would say the main thing that we look for uh, is, uh, is essentially uh, someone, who, someone who just doesn't do their job, but who really goes above and beyond, uh, uh, who, who owns their job. So I don't know if that makes sense, right? Someone who, has, who takes ownership of, of, what, of, their, of their goals and their tasks uh, and are able to are able to just figure things out and and go above and beyond, right? What what is required? So how do we determine that? And what you can do to to, to show proof that you can do this is uh, we look a lot at um, extracurricular activity. We look a lot at uh, uh, side projects and side, uh, especially if it's a passion project or a side business. So, so I actually am not adverse to hiring people who have like a side project on, and and I don't add, I don't I don't like I don't require them to shut their side project down when they work with me. In fact, like uh, I am supportive of side projects, uh, and we will support you <laughs> with your side project as long as when you're at work you do your work. Uh, because yeah, because we understand that like you know passionate people, people who who love to who, who love to do stuff, will always have their own side projects. Will always do multiple things and you can't like take that away from them right because that's what makes them you know no and, and that's what makes them tick so so look a lot for that kind of stuff so if you're just someone who's kind of just went to school and you know work or not you know work a normal job and there's like nothing outside of that then to me you know we might still hire you if you're like really great but the, you know it'll be a lot harder versus someone who's got like a ton of stuff on side projects or they're, you know, they have a lot of extracurricular activity, you know, and, um, like, like, you know, they've been precedent of this and that and, and, you know, and they've organized a lot of things outside of their normal, you know, normal schooling or normal like job, you know, uh, and, and, and that, that you can do, right. That is what someone who wants to join a startup can, can do on their own time. And then they can clearly show, you know, that they've done all the stuff. And I think it would make that person a lot more attractive to a startup. Yes, I totally agree. At, I, again, mentioning I've been working at um, a SaaS company recently and having to interview people. And that's something that I, 
also think I, I also look at like so outside passions, things they do outside of their normal nine to five job. And as someone who does things outside her normal nine to five job, I think it's I think it's actually better because I, and this is something that I found. Um, I think because I have you know all this other stuff going on outside of work, so you know. Uh, contributing on Forbes, doing this podcast, uh, running, you know, my blog and a bunch of other things that relate to that. It helps me not take things so personal, I guess, at work, like my full-time job. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, yeah, definitely. We, we would definitely hire someone like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, and, and I, and I kind of, I was having a conversation with someone else, one of my other coworkers who, who's kind of like this as well and does a lot of things outside of the job, outside of like the nine to five job. So a lot of other side projects that he's building, he's more of a, um, he, he is a, an engineer. And yeah, I think it just helps in just so many, in so many ways. I, I don't know. It's it, yeah. Anyhow. So, so yeah. So it helps the business because you are learning all this other stuff outside of, you know, for your site, for your side projects or your side businesses, right? You're, you're doing all this extra learning and you bring that into the, into the company when you, when you work for that, for the company, right? That's what I've noticed too. Yeah, right? that's a great point. Right. That's a great point. The learning. And also I think, I guess it depends on what the side project is, but if it's any kind of website app, even like a free tool, like tool someone can use, uh, the chances that person is probably also making like connections, like, you know what I mean? Like interacting with other people. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that could, de- of course, um, help the company as far as you know business opportunities, but also hiring, like hiring um, employees, you know, like future employees, like with good referrals, and yeah. Yeah. So, and and one of the things I I try and push my employees is I try and push them to be like thought leaders in their field. So you know, I want them to go out to to conferences, you know, and and like try and speak in them, you know, write articles in 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 you know. In, in publications, in, in industry-related publications, uh, and I'm trying to push everyone, you know, um, not everyone, the ones who are who want to do it, to to do that. And 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 you're right, right? Because you know they, they they get connections, they learn more. You know, obviously they're more. You know, if you the more you grow, the more fulfilled you are in your in your job, and and that's you know that helps, right? That always helps. Yeah, yeah. It's like very like uh, I, I guess I say cyclical, or it all kind of like ties back into each other, and it's like this like recurring effect, which is which is awesome. And I think it's so great that you know having a, a CEO that supports that. And I remember when I was looking at a few different full time jobs uh, several months ago. Now it, it, I was thinking, you know, if I, I I just knew I wouldn't work somewhere if I like had to stop doing some of these size things. Like, of course, like maybe if there's a direct conflict of interest, like, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to promote, um, my, the, a direct competitor or something. Right. Right. That, that, right. I mean, that totally makes sense, but yeah, anyway, I don't want, I'm thinking of one store, one place I was interviewing in particular, uh, where it was an online education company where I work, not where I work now, but so, kind of similar to where I work now. And I remember I was told I couldn't even write any kind of like tutorial, like a technical tutorial, any kind, anywhere, like online. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So it wasn't like, okay, no, you can't write a technical tutorial for their competitor. No, it was like, you just can't publish it. Like you can't be putting together like educational content outside of this role. And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of policies like that are, are sort of self-defeating, right? Like it's like, why? I don't know. I, I think there's definitely a lot of these weird policies where they try and, I don't know, make sure the employee is always only working on their 
on their own on their own product and yeah. I don't think it works there, you know because yeah. when I was an employee I did all kinds of <laughs> other yeah, stuff. Yeah, well. I feel like it would, if anything, it would make that person like kind of resentful and angry. You know, like they wouldn't love their job as much because, like, okay, you're telling me I can't. It's kind of like I can't do this, and especially if there's no valid reason, it's just insane. And this also reminds me of another story I heard from someone, um, a friend of mine, who was saying that there was a company. I don't know if he worked there, or he used to, or something, but they like didn't want the engineers going to conferences because they didn't want them to get like hired by other people. Yeah, yeah, the poaching thing is, you know, that's always a constant fear. <laughs> so as as yeah, as a as a CEO, you know, it, it's it, you know, it is a very it's a valid fear. Uh, I, I mean, I and I have to admit that also, you know, comes in mind to me. Like as I push people out into the, you know, into the, you know, to be thought leaders, I'm always like, oh wow, like people will notice them and they'll get hired by someone else who's going to pay them a lot more money. Uh, so yeah, so you got, I got to check that, right? And I think, yes, because that also does happen. It does happen because I've had employees tell me like, oh, you know what? I, someone so-and-so from this company met me and gave me a job offer. <laughs> and, and so it has happened as well. And, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously conscious of that. And, and I think it would happen anyways, even if they don't go. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel, I, yeah, <laughs> no, I just think if I, I don't know, I'm just imagining myself the situation like, oh, you know, we're, we don't want you to go to this conference. And that was the reason why they wouldn't want me to go. I, I just think, well, I just, is my personality too. I would almost be like, you know, like F you don't tell me what to do now. <laughs> like I'm right, gonna, you right. know, like. <laughs> Yeah, so I think if the if the employer wants to leave, the employer wants to leave. Like yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's kind of silly to to kind of say, "Oh, you can't go to this conference." It, that's kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I I would advise anyone listening um, to maybe look out for things like that in your interview. It may be hard to tell, uh, I guess, early on because that could be something that would come later, but. Uh, again, when I was interviewing, I was asking some questions like that about, you know, oh, can I still write these kinds of articles online if I work for this company? And hearing an answer like, no, you can't, definitely um, kind of weighed heavy on my decision of where I ended up. So, right. yeah. Right. So that's actually real. So I, we've been doing interviews because we're trying to hire, you know, we're, we have like two heads open right now, two positions open. And, and, and we always, you know, turn the tables and say, hey, do you have any questions for us? And, you know, I'm... You'll be surprised in the amount of candidates who, who don't come up with like questions that that I think you should ask every you <laughs> know potential employer, but like the ones you did, right? And and uh, once in a while we'll get someone asking us some good questions like that, and uh, uh, and and those are usually the people we end up hiring. So because because they're thinking of all these things, right? They're thinking about you know, will I grow? Will I be restricted here? Can I, you know, you know, what, what is your company doing to, to make sure, you know, I have a growth path or are you just going like, to trap me in here and, you know, just work me in the boiler room until I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the super, are, I would love to hear some examples if you could think of any of like good questions that you've been asked during an interview. And I'm sure the audience would benefit from that too. Uh, so one of, I think just one of the most basic questions uh, is is what is the company's like main mission and and uh, so number one so I, I'm just you know like I would want to know like what what you know, especially if you're talking to CEO so if you're you know uh, and, and and with with most I still high, I still interview every single candidate so if you especially if you're talking you know in a startup you're talking to CEO. Uh, you want to find out what this this guy, you know, you have a chance to talk to the CEO. You want to find out what his vision is. Like, I would definitely do that. Um, and then you want to find out what are the, what, what the core values are. Uh, and most companies, I would say, have some core values. 
and then you want to find out what uh, what kind of stuff do does the company you want to ask questions about oh how do you know whether they um, encourage learning and growing within that company and there's several questions you can ask number one you can say you know similar to what you asked you can say hey is you know do you you know uh, is it okay you know do you send your uh, your you know do do I get to go to, to conferences to learn more uh, what if I wanted to learn more and grow like what kind of things do you do in your company to encourage uh, growth uh, growth uh, personal growth and career growth so stuff like that you can ask uh, and and if it's a company that actually has something in plan uh, they'll say right like our company does so we we it's actually one of our core values is to keep learning and keep improving uh, we actually have a a, a monthly uh, sorry a yearly allowance. Uh, that you can spend on learning, so you can buy books, you can go to a conference, you can buy an online course, uh, and you can do whatever you want with that allowance. Uh, and and so so that we actually have some of that stuff. And even, even if the company doesn't have something like that, they can say simply, "Oh yeah, definitely, you can do whatever you want." Right? At least they'll say that. Uh, or in your case, for example, they say, "No, you can't do any of that." Then you know you got to run, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, those are those are all such awesome questions to ask. And I and I tell people this. When you're interviewing for a job, I feel like sometimes people get so stuck on like they're interviewing me and they don't even think about really themselves. And it's like, it, it, as I just say, it's like not only is the company interviewing you, you're also interviewing the company and seeing if it's going to be a good fit, right? Right. 100%. Yeah. Agreed. Which is yep. exactly why asking these those kinds of questions or whatever matters to the individual, because of course, everyone's different and has different values and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, asking those questions could give you a really good sense of whether or not it'll be a good fit in the long run. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much, Eugene, for um, for chatting today. This conversation definitely took a little bit of a different turn than I thought, but I know, I mean, the, the Learn to Code With Me audience is learning to code. Well, a large portion of them is, are learning to code because they want a career change. They want to get ahead of their, in their career. So I know talking about like interviewing and job stuff is always super valuable. So lastly, where can people find you online? Uh, so they can uh, go to bengage.com. So that's B-E-N-N-G-A-G-E. And they can send me an email. So I'm just Eugene at bengage.com. Uh, I do answer all my emails. So it's E-U-G-E-N-E you know, at bengage.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you very much. Really had a good time. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Again, the show notes for this episode plus a full transcript can be found at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this episode in the future, simply click the search icon in the upper navigation of the page and type in Eugene's name. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the show on whichever podcast platform you're tuning in on. So iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and so forth. It would mean so much to me. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.